that's right, listeners, it's that time once again for the Fancy Football Surgery Podcast. Coming to you for our 69th instalment on the 12th of September 2017. It's the first of the Champions League nights. We're going to be focusing on how that might affect the upcoming game week fixtures. First of all, we've got a larger panel tonight. Welcome back the editor, the Iceman. Thank you, Billy. Welcome back to you too. Thank you, sir. And uh, we're very pleased for one night only to welcome back a podcast original. Um, we had some requests in the week for some of the founding fathers to return so you've had woodsy in recent weeks who's actually doing a very noble effort at the moment we may speak about that later but uh joining us again we've got parker evening everyone pleased to be back have you bought the bitter lemons with you i've got all the lemons don't you worry about that (laughs) how have you started this season because the listeners won't know about that yet i'd say average to poor at the moment um yeah not great but I'm still in contention with the top guys, so... I think that's it at this early st- stage, isn't it? It's just trying to stay in touch with the pack at the early stage, and then you can kind of... Your experience can tell over the season. Exactly, it's... You can't win it in the first couple of game weeks, but you can certainly fall too far behind. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a marathon, not a sprint, I think is the message there. And uh, also joining us, he's been on many times previously. Great to have him back once again. It's TC, Tom Campbell. Hi, Billy. How's it going, mate? You OK? Not too bad. I heard you, uh, you're you playing a bit of football yourself tonight. Yeah, I did, yeah. I did a resounding win as well, so uh, all good. Excellent. Far, far better than FPL. Is, is this five-a-side, 11-a-side? It's a fives, yeah. And if, if we were giving you a game week total for that performance, what would you have chipped in with? Uh, I think a, a, a six with no bonus points. <laughs> a solid six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which at the moment in my FPL world, I, I take with, uh, with open arms, to be honest, because... Yeah, well, I was just hearing there about not not losing it in the first few game weeks. I think I'm I'm doing my best to to do that because it's been a, a rotten start for me. Oh no, has there been any good game <laughs> weeks, or has it just been average across the across the, the three? Below yeah. average. I'm uh, yeah, I'm sort of uh, stumbling along, along really. I'm sure we'll come on to my game week score for uh, the one just previous, but um, yeah, it's been a, a poor start, just like last year. So hopeful to play the long game again and grind my way back. Yeah, and like we said about uh, to Parker just there, sometimes it does take a few game weeks to get yourself going, those points to total up. Iceman, I'm going to come to you first of all, because this game week, uh, the theme I've noticed on Twitter has been not the points on the pitch, but actually the bench points. There's been some cracking scores, myself included, from the four on the, on the subs bench. But first of all, how did you get on in general this game week? Yeah, nicely nestled on my bench is Pascal Gross, who's had three oh, wow. three game weeks of not scoring any points. In fact, I think he only had one shot on goal. And then, yeah, those 18 points nicely sat on my bench with Elliot also with a clean sheet. I chose to start Hennessy this game. Uh, actually started four at the back in Jones, Hagazi, Birch and Stevens, all only scoring one, Hagazi nothing. I've got Mane, so a red card. Uh, I did take out... KDB for Ericsson so effectively I've lost one point doing that because Ericsson got eight and I captain Lukaku so I got bang on average on 44 so not brilliant but I haven't gone down too far 647,000 at the moment so yeah not terrible considering no that's fair enough and uh, Parker how about you how'd you get on um started off badly with Mane 
got worse with William being on the bench, but rescued by Kane and Lukaku. Nice. And then a little cheeky reassist at the end of the game. We kind of, yeah, 43, pretty much bang on. Um, so just keep me bobbing along. Pretty much on the average for the week then. Yep, bang on, mate, virtually. And TC, how about yourself? Three for three. Uh, 44 points as well. However, that is after a wild card was played. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> just uh, not, not been a happy start for me. Um, some horrible errors there. So I transferred Kane out as part of my wild card. So um, he joined Kevin De Bruyne as well, being transferred out. So bundle of points lost there. But in in actuality, the replacements were uh, Morata and Ericsson, respectively. So yeah. not kind of horrible there, although yeah. it has given me a proper selection headache for uh, forthcoming game week in terms of getting Kane back in, which was which was my plan. Usual kind of thing that the guys have just talked about, really. So I had Ericsson's points, as just mentioned, Captain Lukaku, uh, Murata scoring, Richie with an assist. Uh, yeah. Defenders did nothing whatsoever. And the same sort of bench points theme. I had Elliot chilling out with eight points there, opted for Foster instead. So, yeah, not brilliant. I think the team's well set up, as you'd hope for after a wild yeah. card. But following a wild card being played, you'd, you'd want better than the average. And didn't get it. So, uh, yeah, we, we move on. Well, hopefully you set up nicely at least for the next few weeks with that. I mean, some of the people, I think Morata's a good shout to have in at this point. He's starting to find his feet scoring mm. regularly. I think I saw a stat on him. I think it's 14 goals uh, in his last 16 games for club and country. So he's, he's looking very good at the moment. Yeah, I thought it's kind of an interesting one because I'm sure we'll come on and talk about strikers. But you just you can't have them all. And you've got Kane, Lukaku... Lacazette, Morata, Firmino, they're all viable options. So eventually you're going to have to pick three from those from those players, you know, and ultimately you're going to miss out some weeks, I guess. I'm trying to be philosophical about it, but yeah, it still stings to see somebody bag a brace after you've ditched them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I had a pretty decent game week again. I got 53, so nine above the average. Um, looking at the score, I thought that's quite good, but then actually there's only three players that turned up for me this week. I, I had me at the back for Burnley, KVB for City. I, I I slated him on the last podcast in terms of defensive, in terms of his, his de- defensive positioning now, and actually he turns up with two assists, which I was very happy about. I was holding off on transferring him out to see how Sanchez got on, uh, and I kept in Harry Kane. I kept the faith, and sure enough, it hit September, and he started scoring for England and Tottenham. So very happy with that. Um, on my bench, I've got Joe Hart with a six, and uh, Lascelles as well, who got a nice fifteen oh, points. Nice. Um, to be fair, though, I. I tossed the coin over me and Lascelles because I was never going to drop Alonso or Cedric. So I'm just happy I got something for me, but it could have been much better than it actually that's a, was. That's a nice score, actually, Billy. You bounced back quite well because you had a slow start game experience. I did, I, I did a garbage first three. Yeah. That's two. I've had a 60 and a 53. So I'm nice one. Slowly. No, um, good stuff. I also got my second win in the Banterbury League for this season, so I'm moving up the table there as well, which I'm happy with. I should say I owe the beard an apology. We were actually uh, concreting a patio together on Saturday and he asked my advice on whether he should captain uh, Jesus or Lukaku and of course I told him Lukaku and uh, <laughs> Jesus went on to net a brace so he wasn't too happy about that okay so let's look at the mini league and how you got on this week so the as usual the fancy football surgery podcast mini league is growing I'm going to go through the top 10 in 10th place we've got Lalana Land I can't pronounce that Lalana Land um, with Demir Tanay uh, in ninth place, Buffon United with Adam uh, Bradshaw. Place we've got La Furia. Seventh place, love this one, Douchebag Solidarity. Uh, up into sixth, Rukaku FC. 
Fifth place, we've got Hope Solo FC. N34 in fourth place. The Shermanator is down into third now, the T8, T800. Simply the best is up into second, and Draper's Fantasy team remain on top, although scored the average this week on 43, so losing a bit of ground there. But well done to Dean Draper, still top of our mini-league. He's in a bit of trouble, actually. He's got Mane, he's obviously got Red Card, and Pogba got injured tonight, and he's got him as well. So he's got a few transfers to do, by the looks of it. Like his front line, though. Yeah, Morata, Kane, Firmino, not bad, but no Lukaku. No, I was still hard. So, chaps, well, again, we've got 10 games to get through, and uh, early warning for you all, the first game of this game week is Bournemouth versus Brighton, South Coast matchup on Friday night at 8 o'clock, so make sure you don't leave your team until Saturday morning. Arsenal putting one over on Brighton, on Bournemouth, sorry, over the weekend, Gross turning in that decent performance of Brighton, more than decent performance of Brighton. Iceman, I'll come to you first for this one. Who do you like in this fixture moving forward? Well, people are looking at Gross now, just because of that ball which he got. But, you know, looking at what he scored before, uh, he practically blanked for three weeks. And Brighton are not the best team in the world, are they? Looking at his stats ahead of him, he's only got four penalty area touches overall and four attempts, which I think three of them was actually in this game alone. So I'm keeping him because he's probably going to hit a price rise. I'll probably play him against Bournemouth because they just seem to be the worst team at the moment. But I would wouldn't advise bringing him in yet i'll probably leave him a little bit longer see if he actually gets any consistency it's the problem with these lower price midfielders they're priced lower for a reason and that's because they're probably they're just not consistent enough and i can't see him scoring another 18 points anytime soon but who knows like it, it could happen bournemouth are not the best team at the moment and their their heads are down they've got frazier's just got injured in the arsenal game so that's another negative towards them, but I can't see them conceding more than like a goal against Brighton. I, I can't see many points or anyone to really go for here. I wouldn't advise going for either team. There's not heaps, is there, Jim? I agree with that. I was looking at these, obviously, before, and I just kind of echo what you're saying. But I think, actually, if you look at Bournemouth, they've had one goal and four losses. So it really is sort of terrible times. You think that De Boer's just lost his job for a similar sort of record, so it's really not looking great for them. Brighton do have a nice-ish initial run. They've got, obviously, the Bournemouth game and then Toon at home before it sort of sours a bit after that with Arsenal, Everton and West Ham followed by Southampton. So it's a bit mixed, although kind of positive initially. So I'd say that it's viable for to keep hold of them initially. Quite like Sutner has a 4.5 option as well as part of a you know maybe a fourth or fifth choice defender. And actually, one of the stats I was hearing on another podcast was about gross creating the most chances in the Bundesliga last year. Yeah, that's right. So I yeah. think, I mean, the problem that he's got is he, he doesn't have a great amount to create for. You know, I like the look of Knockard and I like Hemed as well, but it's not it's not comparable really with having a great striker. So I didn't have heaps of thoughts on this one other than that. I do like the thought of Charlie Daniels at 4.9 as he continues to play wing back, but they're conceding too many goals and it's it's. I don't think I could sort of advocate him as a great punt, but um, as his price, if you've lost out on, on money and you need to go beneath that 5 million mark, potentially he might come back in and he is a threat. He scored their only goals. So he was the only one that I would mention really, Pete. Okay, Parker? Yeah, not a great fixture for me either. Personally, I've got Daniels and Knockhart. I'll probably keep the faith until I play my wild card. But for me, Knockhart was injured at the beginning of the season, but is beginning to look more dangerous. I think he hit the post against Watford. Yeah. 
And when Gross scored, I think, one of his goals, he could have slotted knockout in. So he played well in the Championship last year. So he's one, I think, to look out for. Mm. But I, would, I wouldn't invest yet. I think it's see if he actually starts producing. It's a good uh, shout that, mate, because he's gone to 5.9 as well. So again, yeah. because of all these price decreases, you kind of got a bit more wriggle room. So yeah, exactly. He's, uh, he's one to watch out for. I tend to like let them have a couple of games and see how they get on. But he was yeah, he was it. awesome in the championship for sure. But those are about the only ones for me. I mean, but I wouldn't be if you were thinking about bringing people in. I wouldn't be bringing either team in at the moment. Yeah, just a one on knockout. We did kind of shout him last week because probably the way he played against Watford, but it was against 10 men, wasn't it? He got a few chances, a few dribbles yeah. into the box and penalty area touches. But in the last game, he actually got no penalty area touches and only two attempts on goal. So, uh, yeah, it's not looking it's not looking great for him. But, yeah, like, a, like you say, just uh, watch out for him, really. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, just come back to Gross, he would have been my only shout for this game. And that stat from the Bundesliga about creating the most chances, 98 all-season st- all Bengals stats. Um, and that's in the league where you've got the likes of Bayern and also Dortmund. So I think Phenomenal, isn't it? I just, I just it can't really believe is. it yeah. in, in that, that standard of league. So he's clearly got something about him. So it is. I think I if it, I he might be one of those it. players where Brighton's a bit of a stepping stone for him if he does it for him this season. So you never know. Yeah, we'll see. Definitely. I, I like a look at him players, just who he's you know going to be creating for, I guess, is the concern. Yeah. But... Good player. Who do you pass to? Mm. Okay, well, we've got a few few options there, chaps, in that first fixture. Let's move on to the early Saturday kickoff, And we've got Roy Hodgson's new side, Crystal Palace. Frank, um, Ronald De Boer, I should say, sacked after only four games in charge of Crystal Palace. I think they've pulled the trigger a bit too early. Rumour is that he's lost the, the senior players in the dressing room, although in Palace, I don't know who has the sort of the brass to call themselves a senior player at the moment, the way they are playing. And they take on the Saints, who've made sort of a, a, fair, a sort of fairly average start to the season. Parker, if I come to you first for this one with the Saints sort of blink, how, how do you feel about this? Avoid all players from both teams, which is my <laughs> suggestion. Uh, Saints are playing horribly. My brother went to watch them at the weekend and said it's the worst he's seen us play for years. Don't look like scoring. and look like conceding as well, so it's a bad combination. Palace... For me, now he's gone. I think you've just got to wait and see what Hodgson does, what formation he plays, and see if they start to pick up. There's lots of players in Palace you'd be tempted by, but for me, not for a couple of game weeks until Hodgson Just out of interest, I know, I know your brother likes a beer. Did he, did he watch the whole game? or uh, He did, and I think he, he wanted to find the bleach afterwards. Cause, wow, OK. Uh, the first shot on target was in the 92nd minute from Saints, from Cedric. So, uh, yeah, it was bleak, apparently. Very bleak. That is very bleak. Okay. I think going forward, the only thing you'd think about Palace, Hodgson usually is pretty tight at the back. So you could be looking out for some uh, defenders maybe in a couple of weeks' time when Hodgson's settled in. But for me at the moment, avoid, avoid, avoid. Do you, do you not see any uh, any value in a, in a Saints defender with Palace's attack being so bad? Or can they not possibly go five games without a goal? Uh, no, I wouldn't I wouldn't bother. Either. Um, Tom, what do you think about this? Uh, broadly aligned to that, really. I think um, I actually thought Palace played all right against Burnley. Yeah, I, I think I don't think the Dan's miss was just just so bad. It's like it's a professional. I, th- I think I'd be fired for a comparable mistake <laughs> in work. So <laughs> I just I think if he headers that in, you do wonder whether or not he keeps his job. So I think the ball's been a bit hard done by. That said, they still didn't score. Pope made a phenomenal save from Benteke as well, but you know they didn't put the ball in the back of the net. Saints, all they've got to offer 
his defensive returns. They've still got quality fixtures over the next few, so you'd still consider Palace a good fixture. They do play United after that, but then it's Stoke and Newcastle, West Brom and Brighton. So they've still got a great run. So if you've got, you know, your Bertrand or a Cedric, then I think you're you're fine to to hold them and play them. Obviously, there's still question marks at centre half over who they're going to going to go with longer term. So there's a bit of a, a dilemma for for holders down. I wouldn't recommend or buying in at the central defence there. Really, they just look really really toothless in, in terms of conversion. I don't know whether or not Gabbiadini's just not getting any chances. From what Parker was saying, that sounds like he's he's not getting any service, but. They're just not threatening. So I would have thought this has got a high likelihood of a nil-nil. Saying that, you do normally get a reaction when a new manager comes in, even if it is Roy Hodgson. And they did play all right you know, away at Burnley. So not a whole lot here. Possibly Saints defence, but I'm not expecting masses of points beat in this fixture. Yeah, and uh, and a nice man. Well, I I think people are slating Saints. I know, like they didn't play that well, but the two goals they conceded against Watford were from outside the box. So it's not like you're going to get many goals from outside the box in every game they play. So I I would hang on to their defence. I mean, like I I had Stevens, but he's gone for me due to this centre back just come in, uh, and Van Dyke has uh, has got a play as well. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm kind of leading away from that. It's just their attack is just too weak to uh, invest in. So Gavidini has to go at some point, but I, I think I've just got to keep him for this game itself and just see what happens. Then he's got to go next week. But if you're looking at Palace, I, I think you know they had 23 shots against Burnley. They had two cleared off the line. Dan missing the sitter. He's had so many attempts. So if you've got him, I would hang on to him. I mean, we've had a question from FPL Mongoose. He just put, uh, now De Boer is gone. Should I hold on to Scott Dan even after that miss? I mean, I would. I mean, what do you guys reckon? Would you hold on to him for now? Looking at their fixtures well, going forward as well? The, the thing is, the thing is with that though, Jim, is I, yeah, I think you, you would for this fixture. You know, that you, we know that. FPL is more about kind of the underlying statistics to try and predict, you know, the future. And he's getting lots of chances. So mm. you'd stick with him in, in this fixture. But after this, Hodgson's got Man City, Man United and Chelsea. Yeah, I, mean, it's, I mean, it's just <laughs> even if you are going to get chances there, you're not expecting a clean sheet in any of those fixtures, really. It would be a massive bonus if it came up. So you could argue, yeah, keep him for, for this fixture. But I mean, longer term. It's not inconceivable that Palace could be played eight, lost eight, and potentially not have even scored. It's, that's not inconceivable. So I don't think it will happen, just the laws of averages, but that that could be the position they find themselves in after having changed the manager. It's yeah, crazy. I agree with that. I think that you should maybe keep for this game, just hold out for one more, and then maybe look to, to get rid of the next game. I mean, you look at Palace, they've got Zaha out. Uh, Roftus, mm. uh, Ruben Loftus cheeks out, and they've got Sacco to come in. They've got some good players to come back. I yeah. don't think it's completely gone for Palace. I think they've they've got a bright future ahead of them, considering how well they've actually played in the last game. And I didn't think they played that bad in the game before. I just think they've got a tad unlucky. I, yeah. I think I, I think I'd agree. And and the people writing writing any side off at this stage is four games in. I don't understand it. I mean, it's not really FPL, but the the firing of a Premier League manager that you've appointed over the summer four games in after they've played well yeah, is ridiculous. ludicrous. I've, I've never seen anything like it. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's a, especially considering his, uh, his pedigree and where he's come from and um, yeah. I just need time four games. And the, spe- the speed of which they replaced him with Hodgson suggests he was 
being just talked to before. Yeah. So it's like, if you wanted to go with him, he was available over the summer. Why not appoint him then? Anyway, we're going off, <laughs> off piste. Just the final thing I'll add on this game is I think quite quickly you might see Hodgson following the 3-4-3 theme because he's got Dan, he's got um, the Ajax defender, Riederwald, they signed, and he's got Sacco to play as well. So I think those three will possibly become a bit of a bedrock of their defence. It'll be interesting to see what their their uh, con- conceding rate is like when if he moves to that. But that's to be uh, in the next few weeks. Right, let's move on to Huddersfield versus Leicester. So Huddersfield finally coming unstuck over the weekend. Tom, in terms yeah. of Huddersfield, good start to the season. Leicester, you know, I, I see them as a mid-table club, which I think is still good for their fans at the moment, considering the sort of disruption with Mares and Vardy doing well to hold on to them. How do you see this going? This is an interesting one, I reckon. Um, so I was thinking about this one, and like Huddersfield, they are tough to break down. So I'm a West Ham fan, so watch the the game on uh, on Monday night and you know we did struggle to break them down but ultimately did get a lucky first goal and then and then you know doubled the lead to take the points on Monday but actually although they're sitting at sixth in the league and everyone's sort of lauding this start that uh, Wagner's had with Huddersfield you know rightly so they've actually only scored one goal in the last three games <laughs> so I think quietly actually you do start to wonder whether or not they're they're getting a little bit blunted and teams have already kind of worked them out so, uh, so sorry for uh, no goal in three for Mooney now as well. So I just wonder whether or not the tides turned a little bit there. It's just a gut feel, really. Leicester, their fixtures are kind of great ongoing, and I wanted to mention a couple of players. The first, I think Vardy that you mentioned, Pete, there, eight point five mil. I think he's a good option in terms of ongoing and in this fixture. We now look. He looks like he's going to going to continue taking penalties. So that's obviously a plus point for people selecting him um, in in FPL. And he's playing with um, with confidence as well. He's in form. He's got three goals already. So I think it, there's an option there. I know there's heaps of options up front. But if you're looking for a kind of a differential, he may be one. But actually, at the back is more one that I would talk about. So Jim mentioned previous on a previous podcast about his uh, how much he likes Maguire as well Never. he's come into my side as well I think he's quality and if you look at their fixtures so they've got a away match at Huddersfield and then a game against Liverpool at home which you know that's not that's not straightforward although it's around Champions League so they may benefit from some kind of rotation there then they've got Bournemouth who we've mentioned a kind of toothless West Brom at home so not expecting massive threat there Swansea and then Everton they do have a nice run and he's already I noticed sixth in the defender charts in terms of his BPS already. And that's with only one clean sheet as well. So although you're paying slightly more at 5.1 mil than the other options in the Leicester defence, personally, I think it's worth it. I think it's worth outlaying that. I think he's a, enough of a justification there to, to spend the money. Just, just um, to just put before... a warning on that, is uh, that Leicester are actually fourth for shots conceded so far this season behind Bournemouth, Swansea and Burnley. So they are conceding a lot of attempts on goal. Maybe that kind of hurts towards the clean sheet, towards the Leicester defence. But I can see why you're going there, especially Maguire with his at- in ta- attacking intent. I think in, in that case, if you're sort of tempering the clean sheet, then I guess that would actually favour Maguire more because of his attacking returns. But you've got Simpson at 4.5. Personally, I'm not, I'm not that sold on it. It was more the fact that the BPS is already going to Maguire. He is a threat. We know that from his time last season as well. And Leicester looks settled now. I think under Shakespeare, their starting lineup. you can predict it, pretty pretty 
accurately each time now, it, it doesn't really deviate much more than a player or two. So I'm confident he's going to be a good option ongoing. I hope so, because obviously I've brought him in. <laughs> the only other option I would say from a Huddersfield perspective, Lossell's gone up to 4.6 mil in goal. He's already at seventh out of goalkeepers for saves with 13 as well. So if, if you're rocking a cheap keeper, as actually a lot of people do, then... He, you may have missed the initial price rise, but I, from what I've seen, he looks like he's a good goalkeeper and, and would represent some value there as well. So, Lossell, you're still keeping the faith in. What about you, last man? Do you want to go to Lloyd? He hasn't spoken for ages. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, uh, how are you doing? <laughs> um, yeah, this fixture, to be fair, I was watching the Huddersfield-West uh, Ham game last night and I was impressed by Huddersfield's defence. They looked very solid, difficult to break down, as Tom was saying. So certainly a Huddersfield defender would be of interest for me. As he said, strike going forward, they didn't look particularly dangerous. Munier actually looked the most creative, so again, the obvious one for me going for him. But yeah, as Tom said, Vardy. I'm very tempted to bring Vardy in myself. Keep scoring goals on penalties. And as he said, under Shakespeare, they look quite settled. They look quite a decent team. They look attacking. They look like they're trying to score goals. So for me, the classic Mares or Vardy shout are quite good. because They're a bit under the radar and a bit cheaper than the other boys. So I think Vardy would be a, a, a big temptation for me, to be honest. The, the only problem is with Vardy and Mares is that you'd probably rather go... Well, I would rather go in the likes of Firmino, who's a little bit cheaper yeah. than Vardy. Mahrez priced at 8.5. I mean, Pogba would have been an option, but he seems to be injured now. I'll probably go Mkhitaryan. I can see just better options for their price. If they were a bit lower, if Mahrez was like two years ago back at 6 mil, then boom, he'd be in your team. But yeah, just All I'd say is prices. just the moment, it's fine. But give it, what, two, three, four weeks, and suddenly the big teams are going to be playing every three or four days. No, yeah, yeah. already right. seen from like, Chelsea, um, yeah. like William. And William um, was benched because of the Champions League, whereas Mahrez is going to be playing every game. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree with Parker, actually. They're the same price, actually, for Mino and, and, and Vardy, right around that 8.5, 8.6 mark. And the problem that you've got with Liverpool is Klopp's already shown he's willing to rotate around Champions League. There's League Cup games upcoming. Can't imagine that they'll be playing a full-strength team around then as well. But the whole point is that it's not inconceivable that they will rotate. Whereas we've just been saying with Leicester, it's kind of that's you, you're buying the security of him playing, yeah, good point, uh, and and being relied upon. So you get what you mean. There's you know the, playing for a more kind of attractive team, I guess, the the bigger hitters. But you know he does have the proof of, of having scored well recently as well. And I don't know, it's more again, it's gut feel really. He seems to have started the season well, and I I think he's confidence player. And right now, I think he's he's displaying that. Yeah, I think it's just it's a tempting one. I think I got mm. burnt by. Blind being rotated, William being rotated, and it just makes you think. Actually, you've got to be careful with. I think your people like your Kane, Lukaku, you're safe with, but it's the other players that are. I mean, De Bruyne, he's rested. He's rested Silver. He's rested Jesus. He's rested Aguero, Guardiola. So that every big team seems willing to now rotate their players. So it is a big, a big concern actually. And I spent anything to add to that. Um, we just had a question from Real FTF at Real FTF, just saying, why is Kevin De Bruyne a wanker? I meant Gross is a good replacement for Ince. Would you actually get rid of Ince to get Gross? Here's a question to go on, Tom. You you go first on this one. Gosh, that's tough because Ince absolutely smashed the bar on uh, Monday night. He actually had a few decent chances as well. 
Yeah, I think um, he had. Uh, I think what was it? Five attempts on goal or something. Um, yeah, I think I got some. I got some um, stats on shots and shots on target and shots in the box, that type of stuff. And Ince is actually. Uh, let me just get this. He joint fifth overall for overall shots with fourteen. Yeah, so six attempts yeah, I mean, in the last game as well. He's he's not he's not turning it into points, but yeah. if you're looking for the the indication that they're coming. Then they're there. We've already mentioned the kind of nice, nice fixtures that they've got. Say, and the, and the point about Gross as well. And you know, who's he going to assist for? I do really rate him as a player. It, that really is a coin flip. If the point one comes into it, then you know, Gross is going to help you there. But um, if there's, if that's your only problem, then you're doing better than me. I think I, I can't imagine that's the biggest headache that people will have right now. If it is, then I think I'd probably stick with. Uh, yeah, I think it's a bit of a knee jerk to go to Gross, mm. in my opinion. I think just hold out. They've got Leicester and Burnley next. After that, the yeah. fixtures get pretty tough, so maybe look to remove for the future. But yeah, not right now. I think Ince looked good. He looked yeah. strong. Yeah. He was really unlucky. It was a good shot that hit the bar as well. The heart yeah. was completely stranded, so he could have easily notched on Monday. Yeah. Okay, thanks for that, Iceman. So let's move on to our next fixture, chaps. So we are. Looking at Liverpool versus Burnley. Now, the big question is the impact that losing Mane is going to have on Liverpool. And I can tell you last season, the difference in terms of their goals per game, it went from 2.1 goals per game down to 1.8 goals per game. So the Mane effect is significant if we look at it from that perspective. Look great pre-season, good start to the, season, to the Premier League season as well. Justified sending off. I would say so. Dangerous tackle. They had yeah. to make an example of him. The question is going to be whether Liverpool still attracts the same value. Now, I will be holding on. I know he didn't do anything against Liverpool and they got ripped apart uh, against City, rather, and they got ripped apart by them. But I'm still going to keep uh, Firmino for this one. Home tie. I could still see creativity in the likes of Salah, Genie Wijnaldum. Whether this means Oxlade-Chamberlain is going to get a run that or not now, I'm not sure. But I, I'm going to hold on to Firmino in this one. The question will be about replacing Mane, which I imagine will be a, uh, a Twitter question later. Iceman, how do you see this going? Yeah, well, I've got Mane, which I've actually... Well, I haven't got him anymore. I removed him for Salah. I know it's nice and early and you should wait for the old Champions League, but at the moment I'm getting away with it because I, I needed to get him in to get uh, Ben Davis in for Stevens. I've already done the change just because he his expected goals is one of the highest. He came off at half-time, so he had a bit of a rest in a way. Hopefully he's going to be nice and prepped. He didn't don't think he's playing in their Champions League game because the doctor said he was ill, so I'm hoping that he's going to get over that. But just be a warning of that maybe maybe wait a little bit longer and make sure he's okay but yeah I can see Liverpool running right here Burnley Heaton's dislocated his shoulder so he's he's going to be out for months Pope is in goal the Pope has filled in uh he, he did quite well against Palace he made three saves but yeah I, I can see probably uh Liverpool up in their game they're obviously a, a little bit hurt after the City game and uh yeah they're going to look for blood here yeah, I agree with you. I think there's definitely goals for, for Liverpool in this game. And I think City actually put in a very, very good performance. I, I saw them on match of the day. I thought KDB looked very good in that game. Different shape to the City side as well in that one. Uh, Parker, what do you think about this fixture? I think it depends how early Liverpool score. It's one of those ones where it could be 4-5. It could quite easily be 0-0 as well. It's one of those 
you think Liverpool should romp it and they might just classically just draw a blank. But I think there probably will be goals. And I think the biggest difference this year to last year is they've got Salah's pace to kind of replace Mane or to kind of make up part of that. And they've got Chamberlain and stuff to come in. So I think there'll be goals from Liverpool and they've still got plenty of options going forward. Defensively, I wouldn't be investing in them. Uh, and Burnley, again, I'd probably be steering clear of most Burnley players. Chris Wood would be attempting one, two goals in two games. Probably is their main goal threat now. So he, he, he was something, certainly something to look out for. What's the price of Chris Wood, actually? I haven't. Uh, he's in at 6.5. So he's a nice little differential at, at 6.5 now, isn't he? So He's that uh, Gabbiadini replacement that I might might do, but... I, yeah. I think he got quite lucky with that goal. Yeah, I can't see him. No, I, I thought that was a good finish. It was a great, yeah, no, it was a great finish. Like as in, like, he got he got lucky with it, the fast play. Other than that, he didn't have yeah. that many chances during the game. But, yeah, two two goals in two games. Yeah, yeah and he's got Huddersfield coming up. He's got West Ham coming up, Newcastle. So, the fixtures aren't the best, but they're not horrendous. So, again, if you, if you need a differential, you need a cheap striker to get an expensive midfielder in, Wood wouldn't be a bad option, but... Um, yeah, still Liverpool heavy for me. I think um, one of the things I like about Wood is the fact that he's had a lot of game time in the last few years. Mm. Uh, he's scored on a regular basis. He plays international football, and he, and he is a clinical finisher. And he's got the he's kind of he's an athlete, so not in terms of his pace, but in terms of physicality. So I think he's ideal for the Premier League. He's going to play as well. So I agree. I think as a, as a differential third choice striker in form at the moment, he's a, he's a really good shout for Burnley. Yeah. I think uh, just uh, just to come in on that, so I think um, Pope's the interesting one, really, at 4.5 mil, as we've said. Mm. They've got awesome home fixtures, Huddersfield, West Ham, Newcastle, Swansea, and then rock-solid away fixtures in between. So it's just crying out for a rotation strategy there. If you want to do that with another another goalkeeper, that that's just perfect for that. I mean, we've only got... Personally, I've only seen the one game uh, him play, but I was impressed by him against... Palace, as we said, Wood at 6.5. Two and two, I thought he took his goal brilliantly. I know it was really lucky, Lee's awful back pass, but he just he just finished it with such style. I was well impressed. He did the same at Wembley, so he's a clinical striker, and it is the sort of game you could see them getting, you know, just one or two chances at upper Anfield. So that should give them some hope if you're a Burnley fan or a holder of, of, of that player. Liverpool, I mean, on paper... Absolutely, it looks like they should they should win comfortably. But you know, after they played their Champions League qualifier, they, they only beat Palace one nil. Klopp did rotate that game as well, so that could happen again. Um, I think Jim's point about Salah missing the game through illness is actually really important because if he is better for the weekend, I'm sure he will be. But if if he is, then obviously he will have been rested and he'll come in and play that game, and that could mean he's a potential captain option even. And we got Coutinho to think about that. 8.8 mil. Be interesting to see how much he plays, you know, midweek and see how he looks uh, to see whether or not he's going to be added to the midfield uh, sort of minefield that is the Liverpool Liverpool midfield who you, who you choose from there. Yeah, this few, is a few different be, things to think about. It's going to be another wait and see on Coutinho, really, isn't it? I've got FPL Sexy at FPL Sexy asking, is Coutinho a thing? And he could be, but it's <laughs> just wait, wait and see for me. <laughs> the, the thing is with that. Um, Jim as well is he was so good in pre-season it looked like he had a real partnership with Salah building up already kind of before the uh, the Barcelona rumours started so I don't know how match fit he is and stuff you're right wait and see but god at 8.8 mil it could be such a 
great route into that midfield if his yeah. if his head's right and all the rest of it. Like you say, wait and see, but God, it could be a, a, another one to think about really, really soon. But also, like Bully said at the start of this, is that when Manny was out last season, it did affect Liverpool in a bad way. But mm. Coutinho's more of a, would you say he's a like-for-like replacement? I wouldn't say he is. He might change Liverpool the way they're playing now. But as you mentioned, pre-season they were playing well. So yeah, could be. But yeah, another wait and see. If you're taking a massive gamble to bring him in, then good luck to you. Okay, plenty said on that one then, chaps. Let's move on to Newcastle versus Stoke. So Stoke getting a decent result against United the weekend. Wasn't expecting that. Uh, We had Chupo Moten coming up with two goals. Uh, He's nearly beaten his record for last season when he got three, I believe it was, for Schalke. Let's come to you first on this one, Tom. What do you think of this fixture? Okay, so um, you watched. I watched the uh, Swansea Newcastle game and thought Jocelyn Richie both looked good. I've got some stats on Richie because I know we had a question about kind of cheaper midfielders, so I'll come on to that. Is it Gamez? Is it pronounced? Uh, who played left back as Chalaber yeah. picked up an injury on international duty? So they're both at four point zero. Maybe an option. Newcastle have got some some nice fixtures. They got obviously the Stoke game, Brighton. Then they got a tough game against Liverpool, Southampton, Palace, and Burnley. So. They've got a good a good chances of clean sheets. You'd like to think in that in that run as well. You mentioned Lascelles as well with a goal on the clean sheet. It's actually a second clean sheet for them as well. So there are options into that defence if you like the look of those fixtures. Jim and I both suffered from benching Elliot at four mil um, on the game week just gone. So he's another route. So my advice here or suggestion is to think about the tune defence. Having said that. Stoke have actually really impressed me. I had them pegged to be sort of bottom by Christmas and Mark Hughes be out of a job sort of in the next few weeks. But, you know, fair dues, they've actually uh, they've actually played well. And I think when you look at it, there's two things I want to mention. The first is that Jack Butland, who I think we've mentioned on this pod a fair few times over the last few few seasons, is right back on form now. We just mentioned sort of fixtures. So from a Stoke side, they've got tough fixtures in terms of Newcastle being this game. Chelsea, Southampton, Man City, Bournemouth and Watford. It does get better towards the end. But I think with Butland, you're buying him for the, yes, the chance of a clean sheet. But God, he's a save magnet as well. 17 saves already this season. He's already had an 11-point haul in game week two. I so think, I think he's the go-to from Heaton. Heaton's now injured. Maybe he's I agree, jump, mate. On, jump on him instead. I, I, would, I wanted to get Bully's thoughts on this because he called Heaton about this stage last season he always and Heaton went on, to, he went on to dominate the season. Do you know what I mean? So I wondered whether or not... Are you, are you good vibes on Jack Butland, Bully? Is, is he someone we should all be drafting in? What do you reckon? Well, I, I actually really like him because I, the thing I've, I've noticed about Stark, granted they let him two against United, but I like the three in front of him. So he's got Vimmer, mm-hmm. he's got Shawcross and Zuma, which is an inspired signing by them. Yeah, um, and he's playing really well, Jack Butland as well. If you watch him, like he looks confident, he commands a penalty area, looked really good when they got the clean sheet against Arsenal. So yeah, um, I think that's a good point from from Iceman. I think he he would be the one I would jump to at this point. Okay, so we're sold on him, and then <laughs> I, I looked I looked at them strikers, and on FPL they've got Peter Crouch, Berahino, and Duf as their listed forwards. So it's just like, well, there's nothing there. So then your your eyes go to the midfield, and there's. I think there's three options there. There's obviously Hesse, who we've talked about previously on another pod. There's, is it Chopo Moting? Is that how I'm pronouncing yeah. that? Yeah, 5.5 5 mil and Shakiri, And they're all priced around 6 mil. So you've got 6 mil, 5.5 5 mil and 5.9 mil. 
what I found by looking at some stats is that Shakiri dominates in terms of crosses and attempted assists. All three of them have got three shots on target. But Chupamoting has got 12 shots uh, already. So it all depends on the makeup of your squad. But if you've got, uh, if you're looking out for a, a kind of um, lower priced, i.e., beneath six mil midfielder, with that run of fixtures that I just mentioned, it would be a punt. But I think you could take a, uh, take a punt on any one of those three. Yeah, I think the thing as well is um, Chipper Moting will play in behind Hesse and can potentially rotate to be in that striker position. So you could get kind of the midfield striker scenario. That's what I was thinking, Pete, because if you said, let me go back to that Crouchy, and I love Crouchy, but, you know, come on. Um, <laughs> Berahino Ber- 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 just it's become a, a, a farce, really. Here. And Juf, I've seen slotting in at wing back. So you yeah. are looking to the midfield to be masquerading as a striker so any of those three i could i can see the value personally yeah out, out of the um three i think chief motang was actually leading by far on the stats in fact if we just compare it to uh, jesse alone who's 0.5 more he actually gets about double the amount of touches so he's obviously involved in a lot more of the play almost double the amount of bonus point system points and uh, yeah, as as you mentioned, exactly double the amount of attempts on goal because uh, Hesse's only had six so far. Mm. Um, so yeah, looking at the stats itself, uh, you know, Chibamoting wins by a long way. But he is a massive knee jerk, isn't it? Like you know, just to bring him in after he scored yeah, big, huge. Like, yeah. but it's not to say that he's not got massive potential. But I I wouldn't do it. He's still just a, a wait and see for me. It's that mm. thing though, isn't it? It's, it's a risk. But actually, at 5.5 mil, it can't be that big of a risk. It's not like it's tying up much of your budget. So I, I would understand the, the shout if you made it. You know what I mean? I think. Also, I'm not convinced Heste's completely fit either. I looked at how much football he's played over the last sort of two years. He's not played that much. Premier League diff- is different gravy, really. So I, I think the best is yet to come from him as well. I think there's, there'll be more in future game weeks. OK. Parker, do you want to add anything on this one? Yeah, not convinced on the Stoke attack still. I don't think they're going to score big goals, so I wouldn't be... I'd be waiting and seeing with them. Newcastle, I think they look quite solid, so a defender like the Salas is tempting. But again, going forward, I can't see a huge amount of goals, so I'm wary on those, so I wouldn't be looking to invest huge in those. I've got Richie, he's cheap and he's doing okay. That's uh, one thing I, was, I said I'd say, Parker, as well. I don't know if we've got time. They can cut this if this bores people, but the... <laughs> The, the Richie shout as well. I've got him as well, 5.9 mil. So he's got eight shots in comparison to someone like Richarlison, who's dominating in that sort of area to his 13. Same amount on target. He's got five attempted assists. Uh, Lossell made an outstanding save to deny, deny him a goal a couple of games ago. And um, what I found interesting, he's got 33 penalty area actions. When you compare to six from Richarlison, 10 from someone like Harry Kane, he's joint sixth overall. So it looks like all of the, everything that's good about Newcastle offensively looks like it's being rooted through Richie. Having said that, he was damn lucky to be uh, to still be on the field actually to get his assist because he could have he could have been sent off in the last game. Okay, well, lads, I think that's enough said on Newcastle and Stoke at the moment. Let's move ourselves on to Watford versus City. Parker, you uh, haven't said as much on the last game, so I'll come to you first for this one. Uh, impressed by Watford to be fair this season I think Silva's got them playing well there's a couple of strikers I would probably stay away from midfielders though more tempting obviously I think there's been a bit of uh, money going in for Decore he looks tempting at 5.2 could be this year's Kapue so yeah he would be certainly a tempting one for the way Watford are playing City God a lot of options for them 
I think Silva looks good. De Bruyne looks good. Jesus looks good. Aguero looks good. And again, having those two strikers of City just creates a massive headache. Because for me, you want Kane, Lukaku, Firmino is interesting, Murata. Then you've got the Jesus and um, Aguero. So, yeah, for me, my head is all over the place with City players and which ones to try and fit in. The other one I really like, and I think it's going to get big points, is Mendy. But he's quite expensive at 6.5. He's just got fit the last couple of games. And you saw against Liverpool some of his crossing from the left wing. And you saw it last year for Monaco. is unreal. So I think he is going to get big points. But he's he just a real athlete, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, he's unbelievable. And you saw on the positioning, he was basically playing as like a left winger. I know they're down to 10 men, but City are going to have most of the ball in most of the games they play. So he could essentially be at left wing, essentially, for a lot of the game. They might pick up a couple of clean sheets, but I think he's going to get big assists. So I'm trying to maybe in my wild card fit him into my team somehow as well. Yes, City have got some good fixtures coming up as well. And Mendy, more or less uh, an Alonso type player, like, you know, a lot of people are going to Alonso, but I think. Maybe maybe Mendy's a better option than him, but I mean you could probably say the same for Davis as well because Man City are probably a more attractive team than Chelsea. He's a massive crosser of the ball. The assists are just like you say going to come in spades for him. It's just with all of Man City's players, you're always a bit scared of those, that Pep rotation. But Jesus or Jesus or whatever, he is the one which is Pep's man. He seems to be keeping hold of him and playing him most games. I think he he only got subbed off because of the sending off to Walker the other day but he has a high ceiling you can see him getting two or three goals a game whereas the likes of say if you're comparing it to the likes of Morata or someone like that uh, you can't see him scoring hat-tricks against any team whereas Jesus I think you can and I really kind of want to get him in my team but having Lukaku and Kane you almost have to get rid of one of them and it's difficult to get those three strikers all premiums but if you've managed to do it, then, well, I, I can't see the rest of your team being overall that good. So I think you have to get rid of one, and yeah, I just don't want to at the moment. Yeah, I think by uh, Kane, Lukaku, uh, Jesus or Morata. Yeah, but it's just expensive, isn't it? So it's, it affects it the mate, rest of your, your team. Mate, they're unbelievable, though. <laughs> they're all going to bag big goals. i tell you who yeah. I wish was nailed is Sane when he came on. Wow, yeah, yeah. good. Just to say, the uh, the beard did actually have Sane, so he, yeah. he really benefited from that strike. Um, the one one I just want to add, lads, that I do think will get plenty of game time is Danilo. He is, for all of the rotation in City side, he's being flogged like a horse by Pep at the moment. He's played wing-back, he's played centre-back, he's played full-back. I think his versatility and the fact they're in the Champions League is going to see him continue to play a lot in, in the Premier League, and he's only... 5.5 when you compare him to Mendy and Walker. So I, I think over the course of the season, although there's rotation risk, I, I think you'll see him play a lot in the Premiership to allow for Walker and Mendy to be the main men on the flanks in the Champions League. Yeah, I think he will play. I just don't know if he'll get the assist that Walker and Mendy will. Not, not, no, I agree with that. Not not the same as Mendy, but I think if you want a cheap uh, option into the uh, the City back line, then he's not a bad shout. Yeah, nice. Going back to Watford, uh, I think I think we found our best 4.5 option in Shalabar. I just think okay. he's he's so good in the middle of Decore. I, I think they're more deeper players, but they both get forward at times, so you, the, your potential for points. So I wouldn't necessarily spend the money on Decore 
5.2, I feel like there may be some better o- other options. But with uh, with Shalabar, he seems to get forward, gets chances, has shots on goal. Yeah, not bad. He was even on the match of the day for too good, too bad with a bit of skill. Got some stats on Chalabar for you, Jim, to back yeah, that opinion up. So shoot. I did um, did a comparison of the uh, Watford midfield um, options. So you've got Richarlison, Decore and Chalabar, 6 mil, 5.2 mil and 4.5 mil respectively. And just looked at some of the sort of standard sort of metrics. So shots, shots on target, bonus point system, points thus far and attempted assists are the ones I looked at. So Richarlison's dominates on shots he's had 13 to Decore's four and Chalabar's 10 which you know 10 still really significant in a, just four games attempted assist Richarlison's ahead there so he kind of justifies his more expensive price I guess Decore though he's only had two shots on target of his four shots so he doesn't really feel like that's sustainable are they all he's from outside all- the box as well probably He's getting heaps of BPS as well. He's way ahead. He's got 100 BPS already. And you kind of expect that with his with his um, two goals. But from a Chalibur perspective at 4.5 mil, looks like he's trusted to play 10 shots, as I say, three on target. So he's actually got the most on target of those three players as well. He's got, had an attempted assist and he's he's not killing it on the BPS. But at 4.5 mil, you're not going to get um, you know a, a world beater. But I think he's a, a tremendous option. Um, and I'd say as a fifth mid, he's the one I'd go to at that price point. Jim, quick question. You said there's better options than Decore. Name me a better 5.2 million option. I was, I was thinking like the likes of Atsu further forward. I know he got rested the last game. I think that's because he played in international. That's just one which come to mind. Uh, just because he plays further forward and Decore is more of a you know, middler type player. But yeah, you kind of have a point there. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's just out of interest because I, I think that's quite a cheap, good option. But to be honest, I thought he was five point five, but uh, no, yeah, found out he's five point two. Right, yo, chaps, I think that's a cue to move on. So let's go to West Brom versus West Ham. I suppose that I'd like to lead this one off by just cautioning the and predicting the potential demise of Higazi. And I say that because he was subbed after 57 minutes for Kieran Gibbs. Yeah, he's dead. Who, uh, yeah, lovely. Well, Kieran Gibbs or Hogarzi. Oh, uh, both of them, both. yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, yeah, and I don't think there's any way Kieran Gibbs has gone from Arsenal to West Brom to sit on the bench. So I think he will nail down left-back sooner rather than later. You've also got the impending return of goal machine Gareth McCauley, who is a sprightly young thing. And also with the fitness of Johnny Evans as well. I, I think Higazi's days may potentially be numbered in the next few weeks. Tom, I'd be interested to get your views on this. Yeah, definitely. Abandon ship on Higazi. If you were lucky enough to get him at 4.5, then you've made your point to sell high, get rid of him. He's he's, he's chopped liver now, so I agree with that. <laughs> I actually think Brighton uh, really benefited from Pulis buggering about with his defence. Normally, he likes having a settled back four, but... Over the weekend, they were messing around by playing Dawson at right back. Then Nyon played right back. Higazi was hooked before an hour mark. They're trying to get Gibbs in there as well. So I do think it will settle down sooner rather than later. But right now, Pulis is just going to have to work out what his back four, his preferred back four is for the Premier League. And he, you know, he may have already done that by the time that they play West Ham this weekend. So I think that's why Brighton benefited from that uncertainty and that change. I think if you've got a West Brom defender like Dawson for example I think this is a fine fixture to play I'm not a problem there Foster at 4.5 mil as well is another cheap route in there from a West Ham perspective 
they did play pretty well in parts um, on Monday night. Not brilliant. And Huddersfield were tough not to crack as well. But I thought Antonio was outstanding. I know I'm potentially a little bit biased and it might not translate he was, into... He, was he, he did have a really good game, didn't he, Jim? Um, yeah. Into, into FPL points. And he's at an awkward price of 7.5 million. However, I, I think there's the potential there for him to return well. He was the standout player for us last season. And it looks like he could be again... I think there's some subtle differences going on with West Ham at the moment. We played Chikorito on the uh, the wide part of a three-man attack Carol on Monday is night. Carroll, Andy Carroll is is back for really? a couple of weeks, so he's going. This is his he's, he's his contract's up for renewal. That's why he's decided to play. Apparently, so he's back. We look so much better with him in the team. Five point nine mil. I mean, you'd be a maverick to go for it because you you just know for a fact he'll be injured sooner rather than later. Chikorito, though I've never seen him play on you know wide, so I don't know what we were doing there. Um, he did get substituted, and at that point we scored our goals as well. So I'd be a little bit worried if I were a Chikorito owner if we're going to continue with that formation. But I do think potentially at seven point five mil, if the format of your midfield suits it, Antonio could be someone to look at. Those are my thoughts on the game. Yeah, totally agree with that, mate. I think Antonio is probably going to be the one to have soon. He just looked really good. He was. He did, didn't he? The yeah. box. If Andy Carroll's going to be in the box up front, I think he's going to get a few headers. So the likes of either one of these two, maybe Andy Carroll's going to be that cheap option up front that we need because I think it's all about consistency with those cheap players. And at the moment, the strikers, there are no good consistent strikers which we can grab. I mean, like maybe Wood with two in his last two games is looking like it, but the amount of chances he had, maybe not. But Andy Carroll, I hope he is going to be one. He's quality, I, I isn't really he? Want him. Yeah, yeah. He, well, I know we had a question from um, my my mate at work, um, Buffery Double O Seven on Twitter. Is his handle? It, yeah. He he mentioned I you know, he played football with me tonight, so it's probably what I thought about it. But he his question was about whether or not Carroll is viable, and I know what he means because. When he's on the pitch, he is quality and he is a threat, irrespective of who we're playing. It's just the fact that you just know it's just a, a time bomb and you and you know that yeah, he, at any given stage difficult. he's he's a, a transfer that's going to cost you, you know, four points to get out. So uh, right now he's, he's he's fit, he's playing, and it's it's not a bad fixture, especially if West Brom are going to be changing their back four. Yeah, I'd say if you've got balls, go for it. Uh, we also had another question from Intech Hab Ahmed. He's put, uh, is it time to bid farewell to... <laughs> We're definitely to... going to get a tweet for that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> is, is it time to bid farewell to Chikorito? What are your opinions on that? Do you feel like people should be removing him, maybe to, to move to the likes of Cal? I think... The, the, I feel harsh saying it because... It, I love the way he plays. He's a real live wire. He works, works so hard and, and is a real sort of poacher. The two goals he got at Saints were proper striker play. But if we're going to play Andy Carroll, there's only one place you play Andy Carroll, and that's as a number nine through the middle. So we're never going to play with a two up front, especially in an away match. So regrettably, I'd say that selling Chikorito does make sense. And it, it kind of feels mad because he was such a good a coup over the summer to to sign him but if he's going to be playing on the right I know he did hit the bar when from playing that position but he's not going to be kind of as prevalent as perhaps you would you would have hoped for previously so I think selling him would make would make sense if you've got a viable option to go to is my feeling okay Parker how'd you um I think Chikorito I think I'd stick with him for the meantime I think instead of hit the crossbar I think he'll score goals like maybe with Carroll he could be the perfect foil do you know what I mean he'll be there 
clearing things up if Carl gets his head on things. So for me, I'd I keep... hope you're right, mate. I do hope you're right. I think that's if we play with a two, that'll work. It's just this, yeah. this front I... three was what worried me. Yeah, I guess it depends how close he plays, whether mm. he plays really as a winger or just kind of like a number 10 in just behind or something. I think it's maybe one to look out for. Yeah. I think Antonio, yeah, he was just strong, quick, looked very lively. The only concern for me is just 7.5. It's an awkward price, isn't it? Yeah. It's an awkward price for someone. No offence to West Ham, I think they're going to be very inconsistent. One week, they'll light it up and win 2 or 3-0. The next week, they'll lose 3-0. And yeah, I just think 7.5, I, similar to Jim's comment in the last one, I just don't think for 7.5, he's going to be consistently scoring enough. Yeah, it's a good shout. I mean, fixture-wise, we've got, obviously, the West Brom game and then the next two. So we've got Tottenham, who are obviously quality side and that's a home game, but we tend to play well against them. Swansea, Burnley, Brighton and Palace follow. So if you're going to do it, you're going to take your punt on Andy Carroll. Now's the time to do it because he's actually fit. You don't know how long that's going to last. And we're about to go into a nice run of fixtures. So, yeah, Mm. if you're feeling ballsy, go for it. To be fair, that same price, there isn't actually many better options. I'm just having a quick look now. Yeah, uh, that's what I mean by it being awkward. I can't see many teams having a 7.5 mil type value player in there. It's kind of like you're going to be... Got be like a Ramsey. Who's yeah, seven. it's one to upgrade uh, Ramsey from, maybe. I've got Ramsey. And yeah, or, or maybe downgrade Pogba, if, as you said about Pogba's injury at the start yeah, of the podcast. That's true. And that might be an option, bit of a punt there. Okay. Yeah. Not a bad option. Okay, chaps. Plenty said there on the West Ham game. Let's move across to Spurs, who looks decidedly better uh, against Everton. Unfortunately, Parker, you're now all about this one. Uh, Harry Kane finally coming good with his goals in September against a Swansea side that offered a disappointing start, shall we say, for Renato Sanchez. Iceman, do you want to kick us off on this one? What do you think of this game? Well, I think Swansea, they've conceded an effort every... 4.8 4.8 minutes so it's the worst record in top flight at the moment and also allowed opponents 40 close range efforts on goal uh, and that's second worst to Bournemouth so with Tottenham all cylinders firing at the moment last year I think they won 5-0 against them with Kane getting two Ericsson getting two and Son getting one Suzoko got injured so they, that might make way for Son if you're taking a gamble on that 8 million option he's always got goals in him Spurs are littered with loads of good options in terms of Ali, Ericsson and Kane Kane's definitely the captain option by far this week. I think piling on Spurs, really. Playing against Swansea, it's just going to be goals, goals, goals for them. Sounds good. And who, who are you thinking out of Ali or, or Ericsson, either of those? Well, I'm on Ericsson at the moment. He just seems to be involved in everything. But Ali is banned from the Champions League. He's got three games banned, so he's going to be definitely playing. He's going to be a bit fresher than Ericsson, maybe. I don't know, it's, it's going to be a t- coin toss all, all year, really. But, I mean, you look at against Everton, Ali had two shots both outside the box. Ericsson had five shots, four inside the box. And against Burnley, Ericsson had three shots, two inside. And Ali had six shots, four inside. So... Yeah, either one really. Yeah, whichever one you wanna wanna go for. I, I if I had another choice to go for someone out, I'd actually go for Ali because of this ban he's got in the Champions League. You know, having fresh. No way, mate. Is, no, uh, no, 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 no. He's in the Ericsson is in the form of his life. I, I mean, I I wild carded, and all the logic that you say about the Champions League, I get that. It, it is a great argument, but just the way that Ericsson is playing at the moment, I think he's must have. I think he's absolutely outstanding. He's in the. He's just playing so well. He's had 
15 shots, 10 attempted assists, six shots on target, 42 penalty area actions compared to Ali's 11 shots, seven attempted assists, three shots on target and 16 penalty area actions. I mean, he passed the eye test against Everton as well. Like You backed up the stats as well. I know he's a bit more now, 9.7 mil as well. Plus, he will have played in midweek. But at the moment, I think he is absolutely different class from everyone else in the Prem in midfield. And I think he's got to be in your team. I think I, I rate him that highly at the moment. It's, uh, to, to quote, uh, I'm going to do this once again, but to quote talk sports Adrian Durham, he is the player that Meza Erza wishes he was. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Which I thought was... Thought was quite good. Mark, do you want to weigh in on this? So we've got very much the Iceman's supportive of Ericsson, but suggesting Ali might be fresher. We've got Tom saying, you know, form will tell the tale at the end of the day. What do you think on this? I'm just concerned about the W word, and that is mm. Wembley. Mm. Yeah, you look at the fiction, you go all day, should be four or five nil, but you just worry that they still haven't looked convincing at Wembley. Drew against Burnley. But yeah, I mean, logic would say you've got to have Kane. He's one player that is going to bag goals, and if he bags goals, he could score four at a time. And then for me, it is a toss-up between Ali and Ericsson. I like Ali just he's going to score more, but Ericsson's going to assist more. So for me, it's a flip of the coin, and you're not going to be doing too far wrong from either of them. The problem is they're, just, they're expensive, 9.5 again. So it depends what strikers you have in. But yeah, Kane's a must-have, and then probably one of Ali or Ericsson. I do think that you should be looking at their defence as well. One mm. of the strongest defence in the league last season, Ben Davis has got to be the man to have. He's created 13 chances so far this season, which is the most out of everyone. He's an attacking wing-back. He's cheaper than the likes of Alonso and Mendy at 5 point... I think he's gone up to 5.7 now. Uh, we had a question from Abdullah Al-Mamoun saying, is it too late to join the Ben Davis party? I don't think it is. I've gone early because uh, I wanted to structure another transfer in the future and I needed to go early which is a bit risky but I just hope it pays off but I don't think it's um, too late to go, come in on him I think he's no. he's still at a, a decent price if you if you bring him in now he's got really good fixtures coming up Spurs fixtures coming up are just they couldn't be better for a team especially with attacking intent like them they've got Swansea at home West Ham away Huddersfield away and then Bournemouth at home to me there's there's loads of points there so triple up on on Spurs yeah and actually, about, he's, he's uh, the most uh, transferred in player today in FPL with uh, 38,000 transfers. Yeah, I'm not surprised. What about Mr. Rose? He's still injured and no one knows when he's going to come back. He's uh, he, he was like it last year. No one, I didn't want to go Davis because I was worried about when Rose was going to come back. Uh, he has said on injury experts, I think Ben Dinnery has just put... he is looking at expected date at the end of the month but no one actually knows when he's back and I don't think he's back no. anytime soon he's not even in uh, he's not even in training at the moment plus he hasn't played for months I mean, we, we talked yeah. about this on the final pod of the last season like exactly. you know as and when he comes back in at worst you're going to lose out on some game time from Davies but right now he's as nailed as can be he looks <laughs> he's 32 points already this season 5.7 mil as, as the Iceman said I mean the fixtures there are, are perfect. He's getting attacking returns as well. If you can afford him, or even if you can't, find a way to afford him. He's 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 absolute mustard at the moment. Find the money. Quick question yeah. on the two new signings: Sanchez is he a centre back? Yeah, he, Davis and Sanchez. Oh, um, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, Davis and Sanchez is, but I think he played in midfield possibly the other day. 
Okay, and Aurea, is he a right back? Right wing back, yeah. Yeah, he's right going to put Trippier's position under threat, you'd, you'd think. It's weird that at the start of the season we were all on Trippier, I think he'd yeah, be a must have. But now, all, all the time Davies was staring us at the, in the face. There you go. Okay, chaps, anything to say on Swansea from any of you? Just on that, Re- Renato Sanchez. He oh. was That was a dreadful debut. It was appalling. Yeah. It was unbelievable how much his stock's fallen from a year or so ago when he was killing it at the Euros. Now he just, yeah, it's just an awful performance. I think if you're, if you're looking at Swansea players, maybe wait a week because, uh, yeah, they're going to get more in from Spurs. Wow. What about Abraham looking forward? Yeah, he is good looking forward. He had a he had one cleared off the line, wasn't he? So he's quite unlucky. Yeah. Um, but maybe up one for next week. They've got good fixtures after that. They've got mm. Watford, West Ham, Huddersfield, Leicester. So. Yeah. yeah, they do. Norton at 4.5 mil for those fixtures. Decent option for your, your fourth or fifth choice defender. i tell you yeah. who came close is Mawson. He came close with a header. Yeah, he, he did, goal, yeah. He? Mawson does love a goal. Yeah. And Carroll's getting closer and closer to that assist at 4.5 mil. Personally, I think Chalaba's better as that a 4.5 yeah. mil option. He actually almost scored as well if it wasn't for <laughs> He did. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. he's getting there, isn't he? I thought yeah. he'd actually... His position would be under threat with Renato Sanchez, but I, you know, I'd probably pick you over him at the minute, Jim. To be honest, I've never seen you play, but it was just... I wouldn't. He's fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, pal. Wow. Thanks, so, um, yeah, I think uh, longer term Swansea's defensive fixtures are, are all good. Not the away match at Wembley, though. No. Okay, so we're fairly uh, strongly weighted towards Spurs in this one. Which leaves us with just the Super Sunday games. And what a Super Sunday it's going to be. First of all, Chelsea versus Arsenal. Chelsea winning 6-0 in the Champions League tonight against FC uh, Carrier Bag. Carrier Bag. (laughs) Either way, they they certainly did that. They lost. Chelsea won 6-0. So, Jim, who do you like in this fixture? Um, I think Kolasinac really does look a really good option now. He's looking like that Alonso-type, Mendy-type, Davis-type player at wing-back because he is at 6 mil, and when he gets forward, he seems to be very measured in what he does. Like, his crosses into the box, he, he gets shots on target. I think I really want to kind of bring him, him in. It's just finding the money from somewhere. Other than that, from Arsenal, you're looking at... You realise um, Arsenal play Chelsea? Yeah, yeah. I, I would say that... You're going to get bombed. I would say that uh, Clash and isn't still an option. Uh, maybe wait a week, though. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, if you're looking at the three strikers up top, Lacazette is uh, maybe another one to go for. The Arsenal's fixtures after this fixture are pretty good with West Brom, Brighton, Watford. So I'd hang on to your Arsenal players, but not necessarily bring them in for this game. We had FPL Sexy again ask a question. Is Welbeck a thing? No, he is not a thing. Don't bring Welbeck in. He is an awful player and he's not going to get many goals. What? He's never going to get many goals in my opinion. I just think it's all about going to be Lacazette. If you're choosing round about that price range, I'll go a lot different. Welbeck's in really good form this season. Yeah, Seven and a half million, mate. Nah, not, not for me. Moving on to Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to Chelsea. Morata, he does look a massive threat for them. But like I mentioned with Jesus earlier, I don't see a massive ceiling, a points haul for him. Just seems to be scoring from headers. All of his assists and goals are from his head so far this season. So it's whether he can do it with his feet as well. And he does look a threat, but I don't know. I, I think I need to see more from him. Yeah, I mean, who cares how he gets his goals, mate? If he's got three goals and two assists, yeah, you can get him in his back if he wants to. <laughs> Plus, yeah. Arsenal 
shite in the air, so he's going to bag probably a hat trick at the weekend. You're probably I, right. I think, probably right. <laughs> I think that there is a chance of that. You know, Jim said a few times on this podcast about Morata not having a ceiling. I mean, go back and look at his career, mate. He he does have a ceiling and he can score goals. And I think aerially, I don't like the look of Arsenal, and I think he could cause some damage this weekend. I agree with you on Kalasnak because I kind of see him as one of those sort of masquerading as a winger type defenders. So I kind of get that shout definitely longer term as well. He's been he's already got three bonus points as well this season and he didn't play in one of the games. So he's definitely viable. But I got a feeling now with Morata, Batshuayi scored twice tonight, but he looked hopeless as well for the majority of the game and Costa's nowhere to be seen. So they're going to be relying on him. I actually picked up on him and Sesk working quite well together in the Leicester game as well. So I'm going to disagree. I think Morata is is viable as a as a forward. Oh, I, I didn't think say it's, it wasn't viable. Ce- ce- ceiling is is very very high. I'm going to say. I just can't see him yeah. getting a hat trick in any game soon. Okay. Uh, Sunday, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chelsea fan says Morata could play in his flip flops at the moment because he's scoring everything with his head, which I thought was quite good. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, so, all the, so, just I, I can't get over this Welbeck thing of your Iceman. So he's starting every game. I think Wenger's committed to him at the moment. He scored as many goals. I as hope Murat. he proves me wrong. I really do. I hope he does. I just <laughs> ten, don't think he's ten very shots good in player. the box as well. Ten shots in the box, which is fourth so far this season. So, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> the jury is the jury is very much out on this one from Jury himself. So. <laughs> To be fair, I do actually agree with Jim on Welbeck. I think I, I like him as a player, but not as an FPL option. I think ten shots in the box already this season is great, but I can't see it being sustained longer term. I think there are much better options in your forward line to to go for. Okay, well let's move on to the final game of the weekend. We've got Man United versus Everton. Jim, I'll, I'll let you start on this one. What do you think of this game? Well. Pogba's now injured by looks of it, hamstring injury, so he could be out for a while. Fellaini might be the replacement. We should uh, move from Pogba to Fellaini, maybe. Really? <laughs> <laughs> no, obviously not. But um, I think a lot of people are going to move to Mkhitaryan instead. But who's to say that Fellaini's not an option? Is that Can, can that be an argument? Well, he we scored tonight against Baal. Exactly. So... No, he's not an option. <laughs> okay. Well, Lukaku, Lukaku and Rashford on the score sheet in the Champions League again tonight. So again, the United and another clean sheet for United with Lindelof and Smalling at the back. So you'd expect to see Bay and Jones playing at the weekend. I think Phil Jones at the moment is a great shout for United. It just seems to have made them so solid this season. And he's a little bit cheaper than the others. Who's to say that Rashford's not an option as well? 7.5. He's probably a better option than Welbeck. He seems to be getting yeah. games. No one ever said that Rashford wasn't an option. Mm. So you think he is? Uh, yeah, I think he, he could be a, a decent third forward for, for some. It's just, I suppose you're always going to be worried about whether he's going to play or not. And, yeah, uh, but Rashford fourth in the list of shots on target at the moment as well. So he's, he's getting his chances. Mourinho seems to be playing him consistently. So could see that being an option for sure. No, so what about you, Parker? What do you think about United-Everton? Uh, get all the Everton players in. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> bit of bias uh, there. Nah, I think yes. Stay clear of Everton for this game week, but I think looking forward, there's some good fixtures coming up. Man United, I think you've got an Abdul Kaku. A defender is going to be a good option. So Phil Jones is probably the cheapest one and one that's playing the most. Pogba, I really want to get in, but he's now injured, so I, I won't be looking at him. Mkhitaryan looks really good, but I'm just worried about the, the rotation with Champions League and stuff. But he looked like 
I think Owen Hargreaves compared him to Paul Scholes at one point tonight when I was watching the game. So uh, that's how highly he was rating him. But Man United have been really impressed this year. They look very, very good going forward and defensively. So, yeah, big danger signs for everyone there. Everton, as I said, I'd leave him alone, but maybe look next week going forward. Okay, Tom, do you want to add anyone on this fixture? Um, agree with everything the guys have said. Just a word on Phil Jones. I've got a slight worry that longer term he might lose his place to Lindelof. They're the same price, 5.1 mil. And at the moment, Jones is, is pro- you know will play on the weekend, you'd think, especially uh, with Lindelof, Lindelof not having played a lot. Tonight, yeah. Was he? I didn't see the game. Yeah, I know they kept terrible. the clean sheet. So, was he? Mm. Okay, maybe, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm wrong on that. I've, I've just got a feeling I read some quotes from Mourinho about him being phased into the team. And it worried me a bit because I can't see Eric Bailly being being dropped so if he is going to play then I think Jones is the one who'll be under threat I hope I'm wrong because I've got him in my team other than that no I agree completely Lukaku will be massively captained as well I'm sure even even with the great fixture for, for Kane with the Swansea game because Everton at the believe, moment look look toothless I can't believe the blind one I don't I didn't see that rotation nor me did not see that coming at all he, had, he played a lot in the internationals didn't he I think he's had like 120 minutes so I think it was just a rest so I think he'll come straight back into the team so if you've got him I'll probably hang on to him ah I subbed him too late ah. <laughs> he's gone was Lindelof really, really bad then, Jim? Was he had a terrible game, did he? Yeah, I heard reports that he, he was not playing very well. What I saw, he didn't look too good either. So, yeah, I don't think he's going to play. I think Jones is going to keep his place. He just seems to be right. a premature chaps, player for him. Right, chaps, that brings us to the end of the 10 game week fixtures. So, I believe it's time for the Iceman to have a break. Yeah, I need a piss. Yeah, you do. Go on then. Okay, the Iceman's back and he is empty and ready to finish the podcast. But first of all, we need to sum things up. So, first of all, Bournemouth versus Brighton. We were looking at the form of Gross, the great performance over the weekend. Sutner is an option at the back. Also, Charlie Daniels potentially for Bournemouth, but Knockhart seems to be one with the form we're expecting the points to follow. Crystal Palace versus Saints, nobody uh, really interested any of us in this fixture. Uh, both clubs are a little bit up in the air at the moment. Huddersfield-Leicester was an interesting one. We had a long discussion about Ince, and actually, although maybe the points aren't coming from him, he's looking very good in terms of form. Lossell was a good option in goal, and Jamie Vardy seems to be in great form for Leicester, and we all know what that leads to. Liverpool versus Burnley. So, with Mane out of the team, we talked about the effect of them losing, on average, 0.3 goals per game. But we do think that with Salah in the team this season, uh, with Coutinho returning to the fold, they do still have great potential to score. Also, from a Burnley perspective, Pope and the new signing Wood seems to be in great form as well, so it could be cheaper-priced options. Newcastle versus Stoke, no one from the Magpies, but Butland uh, would be a great option to swap Heaton out for. And uh, Chupo Moteng seems to be the one with the stats and the goals for Stoke if you wanted to go for the differential from them. Watford versus City. Uh, the only one from Watford we really like at the moment is Shalabar as the, the nailed-on cheaper option in midfield. For City, Mendy is looking very good as an attacking fullback. Danilo is a cheaper option in their defence. 
and Jesus up front seems to be the main man from Pep and someone that Aguero trusts to pass to now. Uh, West Brom versus West Ham. In the words of Tom Campbell, and this is probably going to get the uh, the title of the pod, Higazi is chopped liver. That is chopped liver. So we're thinking to not jump on that bandwagon and potentially look to transfer him out of returning players. Antonio is looking good for West Ham, as is the uh, Andy Carroll as a potential differential. Spurs versus Swans. Uh, Ericsson and Ali Kane, usual suspects there. You'd be safe on all of those. We had some debate on uh, who is the better option. Ericsson with the form, Ali with the, the freshness. Davis, though, seems to be a great option, a fullback for them at the moment. Arsenal versus Chelsea. We had, a, a well, what was going to be a debate about uh, Danny Welbeck, that the Iceman shut down very quickly. Uh, and Morata is looking very, very good for Chelsea at the moment. Uh, United versus Everton. Uh, we're looking at Lukaku, Mkhitaryan to replace the uh, the injured Pogba after tonight's Champions League game. And Rashford keeps doing it for club and country, scoring again tonight. So he looks a good, cheaper option uh, for United and will likely get the game time. No one from Everton at this point, but beyond this game week, starting to be a bit more interested in them. Nice sum up. Lovely. So, chaps, we're, we're not going to be doing social media this week, so let's just finish things off with Captain's Choice. Iceman? I think... Kane is nailed on for my captaincy. Not going to change unless he gets injured. Okay, Parker. Um, is this the bit in the podcast where we still lie, or are we meant to tell the truth? Now? We used to, we used to lie, yeah, but now we tend to tell the truth, yeah. Uh, probably Kane. I would go Lukaku, but I obviously don't want to be cheering him on to score against Everton. So very much Kane for me. Yeah, I'm going to go three for three on that Kane with the the September form against the Swansea side at vulnerable. Uh, it's Harry Kane all the way for me. CC? Clean sweep. Same for me. Clean sweep as, sweep as Kane it is then, lads. So Harry Kane's the captain for this week. All that's left for me to do then is to tell you how to get in contact with us. You can follow us on our main website, www.fantasyfootballsurgery.com. Uh, we haven't updated that with any articles recently, but if you are interested in writing something for us and you'd like a bit of a platform to do that, get in contact. We'll be happy to host your work. It must be tasteful and uh, preferably helpful as well. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at FF underscore surgery. Send us your questions on there. If you're on Reddit, search for us. And if you can up the pod on there, uh, listen to us on SoundCloud and also on iTunes. Give us a rating if you listen to us on, on iTunes. Tell us what you like and what you don't like. You can email the Iceman, ffsurgerypodcast at yahoo.com. You can email me on there as well if you want to, just to... You'll have to pass that on to me. And you can join our mini league. The code is 1173-455. So, you know how to get in contact with us. All that's left is for us to say goodbye then. So, from one of the founding fathers, Charlie Parker. Night, folks. See you soon. TC. Night, fellas. Thanks very much for having me on again and talk to you all soon. Good luck in the game week. TC, just quickly, if people want to uh, contact you on Twitter to moan about all things West Ham or generally pick your brains on FPL, how can they do so? Uh, yeah, cool. Uh, Twitter handle of at UtterlyTC and uh, yeah, get uh, right up there in the conversation on FPL right or up. West Ham. Right up there, son. <laughs> I think in the next week we will be getting right up there on West yeah. Ham. Nice, man. Yeah, cheers, Billy. Cheers, guys. Good luck in the game. Yeah, and for all of us here at the Fantasy Football Surgery Podcast and me, Billy, it's a big good luck in your game week. Look forward to speaking to you next week.
was waiting for Lloyd to do that. Play that funky music, Iceman. Right, so shouts, I bring. Oh, <laughs> I'll cut this bit out, mate. I can't go. see. <laughs> go now. What shouts? Right, cha- oh. <laughs> Fuck. What shouts? I spent anything online, be it email, uh, website, we're, Twitter. We're not going to Reddit. do Twitter this week, mate, because uh, we've ran way over schedule, so. Gonna have to answer all your Twitter questions direct, I'm afraid. Uh, right. Gone on for too long. That's a shame. That's a real shame. Yeah. Okay. Right then, well, I guess that's the end of the podcast, isn't it? <laughs> that's right. Sort of grinding Cap- captain's, this captain's choice. Football. Captain's choice. Start that again. Oh, do you still want to do that? Well, apparently. All right, okay, well, let's go with that.